This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Bullets Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast, all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and yes, he is back for this episode. Chase Crawshaw, welcome back. It's great to be back. I, you know, I appreciate it after you you know, kicked me off last episode just because you were so disgusted with me. Yeah, well, that happens very often between the two of us. You know, it's just... Sometimes I gotta I gotta carry the load because you're busy being disgusting. Yeah, well, that, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. All right, guys. So today we have a standard Monday episode. Get into some news. Go over the past couple of games and a game review. Then we'll do a game preview. Look at some stats and standings, and end it off with, of course, hockey name of the day. First off, Chase, we're going to talk about some news, and we've got some suspensions going out. I want to separate them, though. Uh, I know we had them grouped together, but I want to talk about the Zach Cassian suspension first. Of course, he kicked Eric Eric Cernak on our Tampa Bay Lightning team uh, in the chest with his skate and got a seven-game suspension for this one. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I was in favor of it being a double-digit suspension because, like, really, if you're kicking hockey, that's about as pathetic as it can get. And if he's a couple inches up, then he might have actually killed Sarnock. You know, it's very possible. We've seen next cut multiple times before in hockey games. It's, you know, scary, scary stuff. So I don't know what the hell is that casting is thinking. Like, absolute idiot, stupid, moron, dumb ass idiot. I, I want to keep just going off because, like, I don't I don't care who you are, how good you are, how bad you are. You're, you're stupid if you think, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to kick someone in an NHL game and get away with it. And that's perfectly fine. No, you're an idiot. You deserve a, a, a multiple, you know, like a double digit game suspension. So the fact that it's only seven is a little uh, disappointing to me. Yeah, I think it's an absolute joke that it's only seven. I saw someone tweet out there. I don't remember who and I don't remember the player, but a player stepped on another player's ankle with his skate, got a 30 game suspension. So I'm like, all right, we're looking at least 30 or up. You only got seven? Are you kidding me? You go six inches higher, and Cernak is in the hospital right now, maybe not able to play hockey ever again. That's an absolute joke. I think that freaking Cassian should have been done for the season, if not, you know, looking at permanent suspension, expulsion type, because that is just retarded. Like, honestly, if you think that you're going to kick someone in the chest with a blade on your foot... Like, oh, my God. I mean, you look over at football. Miles Garrett, he hit someone in the head with a helmet, and he was indefinitely suspended until he got reinstated uh, over this past week. I think they should have done the same with Cassian because this dude could have killed someone. No, I I agree 100%. 100%. Absolute joke. But uh, we now move on to the Evander Kane suspension, and uh, that's a three-game suspension. He wasn't very happy about it. No, so this one, you know, comes with a little. So he, anyone who has Twitter and follows along hockey Twitter, I'm sure you've seen, 
you know, his tweets, retweets, blah, blah. So he came out with a little statement on Twitter, uh, posted a screenshot of his notes, that says this. The fact the NHL Department of Player Safety, headed by George Peros, continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of the same nature through the season and, po- and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fine. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's become a complete guess. There is a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From the suspensions to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in this department headed by George Peros. None of it makes any sense. So Evander Kane is hot, heated on Twitter. Uh, I, I get I get where he's coming from because like I agree the like, department of player safety is kind of a joke. It, I don't think it protects the players good enough. Uh, suspensions are too inconsistent. Like and they have like a model that they're supposed to follow, like how how to give out the suspensions, but like it, it's just it's a terrible system. Uh, but at the same time, like saying something like that that just puts your team in a bad position. It puts the franchise in a bad position, puts yourself in a bad position. He could probably get more fines for it. Uh, so it, it, it's weird. Like I I I agree with his decision to call it player safety, but at the same time, like I I don't like the way he did it really. Yeah, I feel you, and I don't think either of us think that Evander Kane shouldn't have gotten a suspension for no, no, his elbow. So uh, it's kind of weird that he's calling them out now when he was rightfully suspended, at least in our minds. But I can kind of agree there is inconsistency with the player safety committee. And I I honestly like the idea of a third party because, of course, there's going to be no bias in that or anything. So... Uh, it'd be cool if it was implemented, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. And I, I really kind of doubt that any change is going to come from Evander Kane's comment here. Well, yeah, his comments won't really spark any change. But like the third party thing, I think is eventually a possibility. Maybe one day, just because it already kind of exists with arbitration in the summer. That's a third party coming in and kind of settling the contract dispute. So like the NHL has implemented it. Like, in a way, in a different part of the game, obviously, but it, it could be something that they explore. Maybe they should explore because it's getting more and more pathetic as the day goes by, as days go by, like this whole Department of Player Safety thing. Yeah, and I think even just a trial with a third party, you know, you can go back to NHL Player Safety if you don't like what's happening, but even a trial, change it up because, like you said, it's becoming a little bit too inconsistent with player safety. Uh, so next, Chase, we're now going to move on to talking about Bo Meester, Jay Bo Meester. Uh, I talked about him a little bit on our last episode, how uh, there's a very scary uh, incident with him having a cardiac attack or episode on the bench, and uh, we got a little bit more update on him. Yeah, so Bo Meester ended up having an implantable uh, cardioverter defibrillator, and that was an ICD uh, placed in his chest uh, through surgery a couple days ago. He I would be surprised if he plays again. You know, this type of thing usually means your career's done, especially when you get this type of operation. Uh, so, you know, sucks to see a great career come to an end. Uh, I'm happy that he, he got to get to stay in the cup last year after, you know, spending so many years without even making the playoffs. He played over 700 games before making the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, th- this guy is is a legendary player. He, uh, In my eyes, he's a Hall of Fame level player. Uh, he, he, you know, he's just been great for the game. Great guy. Sucks to see it have to end this way. Yeah, that's super unfortunate for him. Uh, 
Again, this is just probably, so there is a possibility that he may be able to come back, but yeah, super unfortunate for him. And also the St. Louis Blues. You know the St. Louis Blues have relied upon Jay Bo Meester for multiple, multiple years. Um, it's nice to see him get that Stanley Cup before this happens. Just super unfortunate that uh, something like this is going to occur and probably make it impossible for him to play the game that he loves. Yeah, exactly. He got it. All right, Chase, we now move on to our last little piece of news, and that is that Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes, are going to host an outdoor game next year. Yes, sir. So I believe it's going to be part of the stadium series. Um, like, I, I would have to assume when else it would be. There's no announced opponent yet. Um, I saw a couple rambling saying maybe that it would be the Penguins since Jim Rutherford kind of was with the team and helped the team move to Carolina from Hartford originally, so... Maybe he can just do that. Uh, since like really, they don't have like a true rival, the Hurricanes. So, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, once we get closer to next season, who that opponent will eventually be. But this this will be interesting. You know, they've played these games in warm markets before. They just played this game, you know, in Dallas for the Winter Classic. Played games in California. So you know, it's it's doable. We know how it is. We'll see how the reception is. Yeah, it should be pretty exciting. And, you know, Carolina, like you said, no rival. I feel like Columbus has no rival either. So maybe you can match those two up. But uh, I think I think that'd be a cool storyline, seeing Jim Rutherford come back to Carolina and uh, have a Penguins versus Hurricanes matchup outdoors. Um, but speaking of outdoor games, we had the Colorado versus LA outdoor game last night, part of the stadium series. Uh, we are recording on Sunday. And uh, Tyler Toffoli? He just beat the Avalanche just by himself. Yeah, the final score was Tyler Toffoli 3, uh, Colorado Avalanche 1, as he had a hat-trick. This L.A. team has been so underwhelming all, all year. Uh, yeah, kind of expected. Um, don't really like the job Rob Blake has done as, since he stepped in as GM. Uh, the, the, the roster just, like, has some good pieces, but all together is just a mess. So Tyler Toffoli is someone who's been a little strugglesome, has been a little underwhelming last like couple seasons, but... You know, had a, had a good game last night on, on a national stage, so good for him. You know, maybe boost his trade value a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And it's just always awesome to see outdoor games. Uh, you know, the Winter Classic, I think, is the biggest one everyone thinks of. But the Stadium Series is nice, too. You get to see different markets play outdoors, even if it's hot out. I think yesterday in Colorado, it was around 40 to 50 degrees out. So uh, nice to see hockey being played in a little bit warmer temperature, too. Just outdoor games, awesome for the sport. 100%. No, I, I love outdoor games. Like, I, like, I think it gets a little excessive when it's, you know, like Chicago almost every year. But, like, I, I love the outdoor games. You know, I, I'm all for it going to new markets every year. Try to go in those warmer markets. Just test it out. Why not? Because it's just a fun, unique experience. Um, so I, I'm all for, I'm all for it going to Carolina. It should be pretty cool. A little uh, environment, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, who knows? It might be able to snow in Carolina down there. I know Carolina's not uh, null and void of snow, but uh, Chase, I know when you and I think of amazing outdoor games, we go back to the Red Wings versus the Toronto Maple Leafs when uh, both goalies had the beanies on, their water bottles were freezing every two minutes, and it was just constant snowfall, just amazing. 
Yeah, that's tw- that twenty fourteen game went to a shootout. That the and I sh- I just remember how much the players struggled in the shootout because there was so much snow on the ice. I loved it, loved every second of it. It was the best. Like those are those are the outdoor games I want to see. And it's cool to see them in warmer markets too, just because like it's it's a unique experience. But like the true outdoor games I want to see, I want it to be just cold, snowy, windy, just like tough conditions to play in because it creates for some interesting uh, scenarios. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, we now move on from the news to a game review, and we had another phenomenal week as our Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, We'll jump to the first game right now. Um, We'll talk about all the games, of course, and then talk about how great we did over this past week. So first game was against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Monday, February 10th, and this one ended in a victory. It did. It was a 2-1 2-1 overtime win uh, on, on the road. It's always good to get wins on the road, no matter how they come. Uh, it was a game. Shots ended up being pretty even, 32-30 to 30 in favor of Columbus. Face-offs were 54-46%. Uh, it, it was it was a pretty close game down to the wire. Uh, obviously, like ten, we, we scored in the first, Columbus scored in the second, then we scored in overtime. Uh, the, the main issue I have with this game is has been the main issue for a lot of our recent games is another over on the power play over three uh it, it's some like it, it's we're winning all these games without the power play being effective it's really weird because generally you see teams that have like outstanding power plays tend to have a little more success so the fact that it's kind of like reverse here is weird yeah most definitely and i think that puts us on like an over like 16 or 15 or 16 streak we've been very poor on the power play recently. Uh, luckily, though, our penalty kill has been phenomenal as we were 3-for-3 three three on the penalty kill. And the one thing I uh, really like and would really like to point out about this game is John Cooper made the decision to play Curtis McElhinney in this game against Columbus. And I like that a lot, actually, because, of course, it was a back-to-back. We got a game on Tuesday, or we had a game on Tuesday, right after this one against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins, one of those teams that are really surging right now. I really like the choice to have McElhinney play this one, have Vasilevsky step in against the harder opponent in the next game. Absolutely, and let's move on to that next game now. Uh, So... It was literally the next day, and same exact result: two, two, one overtime win for our Tampa Bay Lightning. It was, it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty good game. Uh, shots were at 38-36. Yet again, you know, pretty even in in our favor. Once again, lost in the faceoff percentage. Though good news, the power play did go one for four this game. So you know, I, I mean, that percentage isn't like unreal, but finally getting on the power play score sheet for a team that has so much talent that struggled so recently in the power play. You know, you need something to get it going. It, I, I, no matter how good or bad the goal is, if it's, you know, just a power play goal, just kind of get the confidence back up and get the juices flowing, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And Vasilevsky performed phenomenally, putting up a 9.72 save percentage. In the previous game, Curtis McElhinney had a 9.69, so just phenomenal by both goaltenders in this two-game period. Uh, one thing that surprised me about this game is the Penguins went with Matt Murray. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't believe there's any injury to Tristan Jari, but uh, we played Matt Murray five days before this game. And we beat him, so I figured they might change it up, but they didn't. They rolled with Matt Murray. Uh, he performed very well, but again, we picked up the win, so a um, little surprise there. 
Yeah, no, I I, I agree. But regardless, uh, I don't care who we play as long as we win. That's all that matters, and sure enough, we did. Yeah, exactly. And over these past two games, Kucherov had two goals, one assist. So pretty electric to see one of our top players producing and really such low-scoring games, only putting up four points in these past two games. Kucherov accounted for three of them. Very nice to see. Absolutely. All right, next we move on to Thursday, February 13th. This was a game against the Edmonton Oilers, and this was the game where Zach Cassian decided to be unbelievably stupid and kick Eric Cernak in the chest. Uh, again, we talked about it earlier on in the episode, just absolutely stupid. But luckily, uh, he's okay, and we took home the victory 3-1. to one. Yes, we did. And as you were just talking about Nikita Kucherov just a minute ago, Kucherov did not play in this game. Uh, so I ended up getting this victory without him. Also in this game, Vasilevsky, his, I guess, point streak, I, I guess is the right word, uh, is at 20 games in a row now. So it's it's been 20 games that he's gotten at least a point in uh, all those games, which is just an asinine number if you really think about it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, just, you know, it's just a great example of, when your when your goalie's hot and your team is talented in front of you, like you're just unstoppable. That's just flat out what this team has been unstoppable. Yeah, exactly. And it's been really nice in this game specifically. We got to see our depth scoring really produce. So in the last two games, we talked about how Kucherov had three of our four points. Well, in this game, we put up three goals, and they were by Pat Maroon, Yanni Gord, and Cedric Buckett. So it's awesome to see our depth stepping up when our star players like Kucherov aren't in the game or aren't performing to their peak ability. So really nice to see the depth step up. Uh, Dreisaitl, he gets an assist against us. He keeps rolling. He's uh, He's been absolutely dominant. And if Edmonton's going to continue to vie for a playoff spot, it's going to be on the back of him because McDavid is out. Yeah, which which sucks. Like you you want to see the star players play, but Dreisaitl, it's kind of like – like you know, like the the whole Crosby Malkin debate with one and two. So Drysdale can you know just like step right in, and like he's good enough to be number one center on almost every other team. So now that he's getting the opportunity, I think he's gonna kind of run away with it. Once McDavid comes back, McDavid's obviously the top guy again. But you know, good for Drysdale uh, to be able to get the opportunity. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I think we got lucky uh, with McDavid being out when you know Kucherov's out. Uh, arguably, the two best player or the the best player for their respective teams. Um, being out, we got lucky there and were able to take the victory. So, uh, pretty nice there. Absolutely. All right. Next, we move on to our final game of the week, and this was yesterday, Saturday, February fifteenth. This was against the Philadelphia Flyers, and yes, it's another victory. Make that ten in a row for the Tampa Lightning. Another ten game winning streak on the season. Not a big deal. Ah, uh, so. In, in this game, it ended up being a, a 5-3 Tampa win, where really, I it, it was kind of a, a weird game. I, I I tend to find teams that, you know, like dominate in the face of draw, usually kind of dominate the game, uh, and we dominated the face of draw about 60.3%, 39.7%, but got outshot by by 9 at the end of the day, 33-24. to 24. It wasn't a game where we really didn't rely a lot of chances. Uh, Philly kind of started coming back uh, in, in the third period a, a little bit, got, got a couple... Like quick back-to-back goals, uh, Kucherov ends up stealing with the empty net though at the end of the game, so it, it, it ended up being a, a pretty close game, all said and done, uh, a lot closer than five to three, and a game that Philly, I don't, maybe they 
deserve to win a little more, but regardless, I don't care. We got the win. Exactly, and I, I think one of the main reasons why uh, the face-off game didn't really determine the outcome was the special teams. So on the power play, we were 0 for 5. That's absolutely brutal. On the penalty kill, we were 3 for 5, only a 60%. So you don't like to see that. This is the first time our penalty kill looked a little bit weak. Uh, our power play, again, went back to their struggle some ways. Uh, tough to see there. Luckily, we did get this win because Carter Hart, the young goalie who looks to be a tremendous talent and looks like he's going to be one of the top goalies in a couple years. He had a rough game, only an 8-2-6 save percentage, only stopped 19 of the 23 shots on net. You know, he's kind of had, like, a rough season. Like, I, I guess not like it's bad. Like, you know, he's got two five nine goals against and a 9-0-6 save. Like, that's, that's not like it's bad. It's not like it's great either. Uh, but he... You know, he's still a young guy. He's been dealing with some injuries this year. Uh, he's going to have a long career, a lot of success in the NHL. He's a tremendous talent. So him just being a little shaky this year, just you know, chalk it up to being a younger goalie. I'm sure he'll figure it all out soon. Yeah, most definitely. And then one last thing I wanted to point out about this game is in the first period and the second period, you see our depth really doing some good work. And then in the third period, when it gets down to it, when we need to put the game away and – really get this dub, you see the big players step up. So with our fourth goal, Braden Point got that, assisted by Stamkos and Kucherov. And then, of course, our empty netter was Nikita Kucherov, assisted by Stamkos and Hedman. So it's nice to see that our depth and our stars can produce at the same time. Yeah, that's how you know you can make a run in the, in the playoffs when you got your whole team clicking. Exactly. All right, Chase, so that was a 4-0 week. And like you said, that puts us now on a 10 game win streak coming off of that all-star break awesome to see there Uh, next up we have our game preview and we have three games in this upcoming week Uh, first off on Monday February 17th we are on the road or actually all week we're on the road Um, on the 17th we have the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado Chase what are your thoughts on this one you know, it should be a pretty good game. Uh, let's Colorado teams obviously got a bunch of talent. Got rookie sensation Cam McCarr, uh, obviously Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen. Uh, so this this will be a game where I think we got the better roster. Uh, I think Pavel Frankus is the better goal between him and Grubauer, but based on what I've seen this year. So if Frankus starts in that, I think we have more of a challenge than if Grubauer does. But at the end of the day, I still think it's a game that would come out the win. Yeah, I think the final score line will look something like the Philly game we had on the 15th, and that being 5-3, to three, as I think Colorado does have some offensive firepower with McKinnon. Like you said, Kale McCarr has looked amazing in his rookie season, um, but I just don't think their goaltending is up to par. So I could see a game where it ends like 5-3, to three, so uh, I think Tampa takes this one as well. Yep, you got it. All right, Chase, we now move on to Thursday, February 20th. This is, again, on the road, and it's in Vegas. Yeah, so this Vegas team, having a weird year, uh, made a coaching change that I, I know I at least I didn't agree with. Uh, a lot of people are in the same boat. Uh, this it's, it's, it's a talented roster. They don't, they've never had any star defensemen has, has kind of been the issue since the beginning. Like, obviously – They've played some great hockey regardless. Uh, but like, no, like, truly star defense, even really star forward, just some really good forwards and great goaltending. 
uh, you know, th- this will be a game where like it's it's on the road, but we got a couple days in between games. Uh, I think we'll get settled into Vegas, play well, pull, come out with a nice win, stretch the game, the winning streak to twelve. Yeah, hopefully. And this Vegas team has been uh, a little bit odd, or yeah, I, I guess I'll use the word odd after the All Star game. Um, they come out and get big wins, like they did over Florida, seven to two. Uh, but then they'll lose to like Minnesota, who. And they'll lose that game like four nothing. So they've been a little odd. They're they're five and three over their last eight games since the All Star break. Uh, they've got Washington on Monday. I think that Tampa should be able to come in and take this one. The last time we versed Vegas, we did get the win four to two, but Mark Andre Fleury was absolutely brutal in that game. I don't think we see the same Mark Andre Fleury, but I still think we're too much. Agreed. All right, Chase, last game on the upcoming schedule for this week. Another away game. This time it's in Arizona. Arizona, they're looking a little bit tough. Uh, There's rumors out there that they're actually looking now that they might trade Taylor Hall after just trading for him. So uh, looking rough there in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, they've fallen pretty hard since that trade, really. They were a team that was really trending towards playoffs uh, right now. I mean, they're still very much could be a playoff team, given how kind of like weak the West in general is. Uh, but they're not playing very good. If if they really traded Taylor Hall after they gave up, but they gave like I guarantee you they'd get less back. And oh boy, that that would that would be bad. That would that would just be so bad. But regardless, uh, Tampa Bay's gonna come in and just mollywop them. If if you're asking me personally. Yeah, I think it's going to be a a pretty easy game and extend us to a 13-game win streak, which is incredible, just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so hopefully our predictions are right there. Um, yeah, this Arizona game, I don't think there's really a chance for them, but who knows, who knows? I don't want to count them out yet. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're hoping for 13-game win streak after this week. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right, I mean, I want to complain. Sorry, go ahead. All right, let's now move on to our stats and standings. First, we'll take a peek at standings, Chase. And right now, our Tampa Bay Lightning just continue to be dominant. That now pushes them up to number two in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, we've been just absolutely rolling, obviously, uh, on this winning streak. We're still just slightly behind those damn Boston Bruins. Just one point right now, one point behind them for the division, conference, and league lead. Uh, same amount of games played. We, we, we've got more wins in general, but they've got a lot more overtime losses to help out their points. Uh, and the, the, this way everything is going, the, the way we're playing, the way the season's trending, I would be shocked if we don't take over that top spot at some point and probably hold it the rest of the year, which is amazing to think after. You know, the first like half of the season, we were lucky to be a playoff team a lot of the time. So things have turned pretty quickly, and uh, I'm definitely very happy. Yeah, most definitely. And it's pretty crazy to think about how poor we were doing, how we were like five spots out of a wild card spot in early December, and now we have the most wins in the NHL. Uh, with 39 again, we're in second place because the Bruins overtime losses, but absolutely crazy how quickly this team just changed around. And it's really awesome to see the one thing I am a little bit worried about is teams 
get on the hot streaks and they look unreal. And I think the best time to get on a hot streak is a week or two before you enter the playoffs. And then hopefully you can keep that momentum going forward. I feel like this is a little early. However, we did see St. Louis uh, at the beginning of January of last year. They started getting hot, and then they just didn't stop. Took it all the way to winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, It'd be nice to see us do that, but it's very, very hard to keep momentum going for, you know, five, six months. Yeah, no, I get that, but I I don't really think it's even – like, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a hot streak, but I think it's more of just – us being a, a better roster than any other team at, at the end of the day because, like, you know, we, we went on, on a long stretch already once a season and just dropped a couple games in between and went on another stretch again. Uh, so, like, really, this stretch is panning over the last, like, two and a half, like, almost, like, like two and a half months or so. So, I, I, I'm i not too concerned about it. I, I think we learned our, our lesson last year, you know, just don't, don't underestimate anybody when it comes to playoff time. Uh I think we'll be good. I think we're in much better shape this year than we were last year, even though last year we had the better record. Uh, but regardless, like I, it's it's something to, to watch out for, for sure, because if we start getting really cold, then there might be a little bit of concern, but I'm not too worried. Gotcha. And then uh, right now we're on the easiest schedule for the last half of the season, so that could be a little worrisome too coming in the playoffs because you know in playoffs – all of the best teams are going to be there. So, uh, I don't know, just something to watch out for, something to keep in the back of your mind. But, uh, yeah, our Tampa Bay team is looking phenomenal, and we're only one point away from being first place in the league, which would be spectacular. All right, Chase, let's now move on over to statistics. We want to look at the top dogs in the league. And as Connor McDavid is out, he is not top two anymore, but number one remains the same. Yeah, Mr. Leandre Saito at 92 points on the year, which is pretty significant. Uh, 10 points ahead of second place, David Pasternak at 82. And McDavid is still third place, 81. So, you know, the, like the amount of like high scoring players this year, like it's like it's, it's been like obviously a lot more trying the last couple of years, but I, I love to see, I, I love to see this high scoring skill game. It, it makes the games more entertaining. Uh, it's awesome to see Dre Saito dominate at the level that he is on a weak roster. Being from like a hockey minority country, you know how, how do you not love that? So you know he, he's he's just been playing so well. Uh, I I really hope that that he can keep it up, and it's it's just it's really gonna be interesting to see what it's like for the next like you know ten years or so with him and McDavid on the same team, uh, because he's always gonna play second fiddle when they're both healthy. So I want I wonder if, if he's gonna be the type of guy where like you know like how how Malkin didn't make the NHL top 100 players list when you know if he was on another team and could showcase his skills every night as a top pair you know he would have you know what i mean yeah i feel you and i think leon drysidel i mean we talked about it uh what a month month and a half ago about how we think drysidel and mcdavid are going to slow down and some other players are going to step up i think at this point i think drysidel may have locked it up i know we're we still have at least 20 plus games for multiple team or for all the teams. But I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is now top pairing with McDavid being injured. He's 10 points ahead of the next guy. He's just been absolutely dominant this year. I, I kind of feel like he's got it locked up. Yeah. I mean, he very well might. And like, it, it's so good for him. Like it, it's definitely going to be hard to pass. Cause like, even if he slows down, he's still got a 10 point gap right now. And Pasternak, I don't think he can heat up more than he already is because he's still firing at an just absurd rate. Uh, so I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to watch the rest of the year. 
Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, so let's now move on to the defenseman points. And, of course, John Carlson, he is still number one. And, honestly, I feel like he, based on the numbers, it looks like he's separated himself even more than the last time we talked about him. He's 12 points ahead of the next guy, who is Roman Yossi. 69 points on the season for John Carlson. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice if you ask me. And I sh- right now he is 12 points ahead of Yossi uh, f- at 57. Then he's 20 points ahead of third place, Victor Hedman, for 49 points. So John Carlson, he's got defensive scoring locked up, if you ask me, because I don't think he'll slow down much more, if at all. So he's just going to continue to dominate. I would still love to see him somehow get over 100 points. Like That's probably not happening. That would be very difficult to do. But if he could, that would be awesome. Uh, but regardless, he- he's having a phenomenal season and love to see it from our American boys. Yeah, exactly, and John Carlson still continuing to produce, even with Ovi kind of slowing down a little bit, at least in the past week. Since Ovechkin has been on the brink of that 700 career goal mark, he's kind of slowed down a bit. So Ovechkin sitting third in goals right now, only behind Austin Matthews and David Pasternak. Uh, We expect Ovechkin to hit that 700 career goal mark very soon, but it seems like the last couple of games, I keep getting notifications on my phone. Watch Ovi hit 700 tonight, or, or Ovi's 700 goal watch, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, he had 17 shot attempts last night against Arizona, and just couldn't put it in the net. So it's you know, this happens with the goal scorers. You get really hot, and then you you get cold. Even the best goal scorers, they 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 get cold eventually. So just give him give him another game to maybe three, and he'll be right back on it. No worries. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, Chase, let's talk about rookies here, and then we'll end it out with goalies. So rookies, of course, the top two guys, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. Uh, but with points-wise, there's a guy approaching. Yeah, M- Mr. Nick Suzuki himself has been a hot riser this you know last little like stretch of the season that's been going so far. He's got uh, four in his last five. I don't I don't know anything further from that. Uh, but you know he he's been playing really good. He's playing a lot of minutes with Montreal. You know, he, he was a first-round pick, hell of a player out of the OHL. He, he's, he's, he's been great since getting uh, traded Montreal from Vegas, like, since he started really playing for them. Uh, he, he He's a tremendous talent. He's a legit, like, top-six offensive threat, and maybe even more than that with how well he's playing his rookie year on a Montreal team that's not really, like, star-studded by any means, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, Chase, I'm sure you and I both agree that Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, if they continue on the pace they're at now, they should have the call they're locked up, one of them at least. But it is nice to see another name come in that isn't Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, or Victor Olofsson, who feels like he's been top three for the whole season. So seeing Nick Suzuki up here is super awesome to see. Um, We'll see if he continues to surge. Maybe he can push push Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes for that Calder trophy, but uh, right now I'm still leaning towards the defenseman. Yeah, I'm more than leaning towards the defenseman. I'm laying on the defenseman because they've just been way too good to deny. All right, Chase. We now move on to goaltenders. And uh, talking about wins, of course, Vasilevsky is first in the win category, and he is now top 10. If you look at goals against average and save percentage and just that top 10 uh, league leaders list, Vasilevsky is now appearing there, which is awesome to see. Uh, wasn't there like all season, basically, because of how poorly he started, but looking phenomenal now with 32 wins. The next closest is Frederick Anderson with 24 
That's eight off. That's absolutely phenomenal. And then Vasilevsky with a 920 save percentage and a 242 goals against average, again, appearing in that top 10. Awesome to see him producing. But some other goaltenders that are producing, you got the likes of Tuka Rask, Tristan Jari. Uh, Braden Hopi is up there and wins. However, his save percentage isn't looking as good. Um, but again, he's got Samsonov backing him up there. So Washington shouldn't have a big problem. Yeah, no, Samsonov is so good, dude. He, he he's gonna be one of the better goalies. Like this, this group of Russian goalies, like especially with Askarov coming in too. There's gonna be some just disgusting Russian goalies to the point where if like financial players go to the Olympics between like these like three goalies, but just between Vasilevsky, Samsonov, and Askarov, plus there's obviously more too, you know, like Bobrovsky. Uh, like just between like those three, like one of those guys is probably getting left off the roster. Pro- probably not. Uh, Vasilevsky prob- probably Askarov or Samsonov, but like they could start for like almost every other country like, eventually down the road with how talented these guys are, how young they are. Like Russian goalies are just surging in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely awesome to see, uh, especially because we have one on our team. Um, talking about some, and, well, Russian goalies aren't really like hockey minority countries, but uh, I, I want to move on to another goaltender that really has started to produce very well for his team, and that's Elvis Merzlikens. He now sits uh, s- tied for second in the whole league for save percentage with a 930. He is 12-8, and eight, which isn't the best record, but again, he's playing for a Columbus team who isn't the best roster. Absolutely not. No, it's really not a good roster at all. But the Latvian sensation himself has come up. It's played absolutely phenomenal. You know, Corvosal went down with injury, and Elvis is just like, you know what, I'm going to be a rock star, and I'm going to dominate the league just for fun. Just I'm going to lead the league in shutouts with five at this point in the season just for fun. I'm just going to be unreal and he he's just been so good it's been so fun to watch and this columbus team like as as we like we've talked about uh like like Tor- tortorella is like the, the favorite to, to win the jack, jack adams if they make the playoffs uh you, you can definitely thank it to the play of, of a guy like elvis merzlikens uh hopefully he keeps it up hopefully it's not like an andrew Ham- hanman situation where he just goes on that ridiculous run and then it's just never to be heard from again you know but we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, I agree with you there. And then we obviously got to see Elvis Merzlikens in action when we versed him uh, this past week. He had a 9.33 save percentage against our Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was spectacular in that game. So uh, awesome to see a hockey minority goalie like Elvis Merzlikens from Latvia come in and produce. Like you said, Chase, hopefully he's here for the long haul. Absolutely. All right, Chase, last but not least for the episode, we are going to do Hockey Name of the Day, and then we'll outro this baby. So are we ready? We are ready. All right, you said I was going to like this name. I highly doubt that, so let's see. Mm. So I'm going to go first name with Zintis, uh, Norris, Norris, just Norris? Uh, Zintis Norris Zuzes Zusevix 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 Zintis Norris Zusevix. Got that? Why? Why you always gotta try to do like the accent with it? Because that's how you say their names. That's that's how you say their names. That's, that's how you you know you don't misappropriate them, Michael. So my man Zintis is. 
a six foot, 179 pound forward uh, from Riga, Latvia, just like Elvis Merzlikens. It's a little fancy. Uh, but he's playing for the Grand 99ers in the EBEL, which is the Austrian League. Uh, kind of having a struggle some season right now. He, he's, he's 25 years old. Last year, he had a 23-point season for 50 games. This year, he's only got eight points to 43 games. So kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, played a little bit internationally for Latvia when he was younger, playing U-17s, 18s. Uh, hasn't really played for them at all since then. Uh, just just a, a decent player, so, someone who plays you know, a little bit of a depth role in the Austrian League, which is so not, not a bad league. It's a good way to make a living. Uh, but at the end of the day, just a fun name. Not a fun name. It's an impossible name. <laughs> no. There, there's more impossible names out there. Well, we'll find that for the next couple weeks then so that I just have no idea. But uh, that's it for Hack Name of the Day. Chase, let's now outro this bad boy. Yes, sir. So uh, we want to thank all y'all for listening. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. You can start as low as a dollar. It goes up from there. Different prize levels for different levels. Uh, so, you know, if you guys could do that, we'd really appreciate it. If supporting us gives us the ability to create more content, gives us the drive to do more things. Uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, first of all, you're silly. Uh, second of all, you can go do that at Bulls Broadcast. That's at Bulls Broadcast. You're also silly if you're not following the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter yet, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Giveaways every week. You might as well get in on them. They're free. They're easy. Just boom, click, bam, couple, couple, couple clicks, couple typing in the letters, and you're good to go. Uh, check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You got all 31 teams' podcasts right on the website. Boom, just click on the logo. It takes you right to the SoundCloud link. Listen there. Nice, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, wherever you're listening, if you could rate us five stars, you know, leave a comment, ask us some questions. We really appreciate it. Uh, also, we, we do all have our own streams, uh, like our own feeds on, on apps like Spotify, so make sure you go check out our individual feeds as well. Uh, and just thank you all for coming by. Yeah, exactly. We want to... Thank you guys for coming out and giving us uh, another listen, sticking with us. Uh, if you guys have any questions or any comments, you can tweet at us and we can bring it up on the pod. We really would like it if you guys were uh, interactive with us. It makes it more fun for us, hopefully more fun for you guys. So, yeah, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Later.